on Monday, we premiered a program called Ravings and Cravings, and the hostess of that show, Ruth Hartunian Allenbaugh, and that is going to be a program that airs every Monday at 5.05. So Ruth joins me this morning to talk about Ravings and Cravings and the radio show. Ruth, good morning. Thanks for joining me today, and how'd your first radio show go on Monday? Good morning. It was so much fun. I really enjoyed doing it. It was a little nerve-wracking, but uh, going solo, I guess, um, you know, it's kind of like doing a recital. You know, you go up and you play by yourself, right? Yeah, you're a piano virtuoso as well as being a food expert as well. What's the concept behind Ravings and Cravings? You love you love that uh, name, huh? It's pretty good. Huh? I do. Did you think of that yourself? No, actually, uh, my son had this great uh, suggestion. He said, okay, I was asking him to help me brand what I wanted to do for the Chronicle at the time because I was going to write for the Chronicle. He said, 100 different names, and then you'll probably find one good one. So I asked the Facebook community, and actually Carlton Newell came up with the idea that won the prize. He's the one who uh, gave the, the title. So Ravings and Cravings actually was born more like five or so years ago when I started writing stories about local food and other food for the Chronicle. And I took my leave of doing that about four and a half years later, last October, I wrote my last story and bid the community farewell. And it was kind of sad, but I just felt like my season, you know, the time was over and I should just surrender. And then in the, in the background of even writing, I was interested in radio. I've always been interested in radio, you know. I always was jealous of you, you know. You get to sit there and press all these buttons and, you know, talk to interesting people. And I thought, you know, I want to do that when I grow up. Mm -hmm. Well, you've been on the radio a lot with me, so you've got some radio experience. So that's what that's about. And I I think that I kind of had a misconception of what the concept of the show was. It's not a cooking show per se. You'll talk about cooking, but it goes beyond that, doesn't it? Yeah, it's really it's really mainly to focus on restaurant and food owner kind of people. So this show is brought to you uh, by the Wyndham Economic and Community Development people. So they're sponsoring the shows and, of course, WILI. So that's a lovely little marriage there. So I'll be like my first my first show, which will air on Monday, will be the Liberia Tropical on Main Street. So I'll be talking to Jackie and her daughter about the things that they have at their at their restaurant. But I'll also talk to, like, spoiler alert, I'll be talking to the food service person at the new Wyndham Senior Center because I thought it would be interesting for the community to know about what the logistics are behind how to secure meals and how to get fed at the Senior Center and to get those details out there. So it'll be informative, but I also... I also hope and plan to go, I'd like to do a little global, like, outreach, too, because I think, you know, international foods are very interesting, too. So, yeah, um, it's currently, my first show was live. The next eight shows are interviews, and I already know what they are. Um, but who knows about the future? I mean, I, I, I would love to do a call-in kind of show. I think that would be kind of interesting. What do you hope to accomplish with this show? Well, I hope to accomplish a few things. One main thing is to introduce the community to interesting people and to the services that they have around them and to 
I guess, kind of brag about the amazing things that we have right here in our corner of the world. And speaking of our corner of the world, how broad an area do you cover? I don't mean the radio signal. I mean, how far outside of Romantic Willimantic would you go to talk about this restaurant being a great place for this kind of food and the like? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I, I'd go anywhere. And at this point, all I'm doing is I'm using my phone to do the recordings of the interviews and I'm submitting them. But um, So that means I could go anywhere. For now, the deal is is at least half of the content of the shows need to be in this area because it, you know, it's the show is sponsored by the Wyndham Economic Development people, and that was the deal. They wanted me to Jim Bellano wanted me to focus on at least half of the stories being in this area. So you know, if I go to Armenia, I can do that. I go anywhere in the world without packing a bag, and if I pack a bag, huh, that's a bonus, you know. We all have our particular preferences when it comes to restaurants and dining and the like. What would you say is your preference in dining, and how do you leave that comfort zone and explore other types of cuisine? <laughs> well, I'd be interested in your answer to that question, too, actually. But um, for me, I, I consider myself an adventuresome and a curious diner, so I like to go places that uh, look interesting from the outside and the inside. I look at the menus online if they're available, and I usually like to order things that I wouldn't make at home, and I can make a lot of things at home. But I like to find places where there are unique things to eat. How about you? What do you think? Well, I mean, I'm like a lot of guys. I'm a steak and potatoes kind of guy, but, uh, you know, I, I go for, for, for that kind of stuff. But, you know, Italian's good and Spanish is good. Mexican's good. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of, you put it in front of me and there's a pretty good chance I'm going to eat it. Yeah, I feel like that too. I do like, I do like raw foods too. I'm a, yeah, I don't, I like sushi. I like sashimi. I like tuna tartare. I like steak tartare. You know, give me a, pile of raw meat and i'm i'm a happy camper but i also like a good bologna sandwich with mayo you know there's been a few times that ruth has been in the studio here and she's actually fed me i mean i don't get a lot of food on this gig like well ruth obviously does when she's doing her ravings and craving show she's going out to restaurants and sampling the food and i guess at that point too you're also talking to the people who run the place. Now, would that be the owners? Would that be the chefs? Would that be the patrons? Who do you talk to when you go to these restaurants? So for this show, and it's different than when I used to write, because when I used to write, I would always try to interface with the owner of the restaurant. And then I'd say, you know, in exchange for me writing a good story for you, would you be willing to feed me? And so that was the deal. For now, I'm I'm not eating as much, which is good because I certainly need to lose a few pounds. Um, but what I'm doing is I'm talking to restaurant owners. I'm talking to people who are in charge of food programs. Uh, I plan to talk to, for example, people who take photos of food for a living, people who are in the restaurant business, maybe restaurant suppliers, people who grow the food. I mean, food is a huge umbrella people who rescue the food, you know, we have a lot of food rescue organizations out there who don't you want who don't want you to CSAs. I mean, it's a, it's a huge world. Uh, even you know, think about I mean, I just thought about like medically, what about sicknesses you can get from eating certain kinds of food? 
maybe a mushroom person, someone about ramps. Uh, there's a lady out in Lebanon who has quail, and eventually she hopes to release them into the wild to eat the ticks that are bad for people. But what she's doing in the meantime is she's selling quail eggs. I mean, I just think that that's a fascinating idea, you know? You said you'd be talking to people who take pictures of food, and that got my attention. Does that mean, like, newspaper photographers? Who's taking pictures of food? Oh, well, <clears throat> for, uh, for example, I, I've done a story for an mag- online magazine called Connecticut Food and Farm, and uh, Winter Kaplinson, she is the brainchild behind that. Uh, she is a food photographer, so when someone came to my house to do a huge story about Armenian food and my family Armenian recipes, Lisa Nichols from Bread and Dees Photography, she came and she took professional photos of the food that I had prepared with different props and all kinds of things around it. And so those are the kind of people I'm talking about, people who take pictures of. And we've talked to you in the past about your Armenian heritage, including a show we did a few years ago when you actually went to Armenia. That being said, I'm not aware of any Armenian restaurants around here. Are there Armenian restaurants in Connecticut? No, I don't know about Connecticut. I mean, my circle in Connecticut is pretty small. If anything, if I go for authentic, I would I would go to Watertown, Massachusetts. Uh, the Armenian Museum is up there, and there are a number of cafes in the area that really do serve authentic Armenian food. Yeah. And what would be a typical Armenian meal? Ooh, well, if you get street food, you would get something called lamajun, and what it is is it's a it's a flat type of a round bread, and it has seasoned meat on it, so it could be ground lamb or or beef, and it has maybe might have a little bit of tomato sauce, and you just squeeze a little lemon on it and roll it up and eat it like that. That that's that's like street food stuff. Or kebabs, falafel is Armenian. I would say stuff, certain stuffed peppers. I have a great killer recipe for Armenian-style lamb that has like a whole bulb of garlic in it, and it's marinated for like three days. It's really awesome. Your program, Ravings and Cravings, there's 505. Just had the first program this past Monday and be every Monday from here on out. And from what we've talked about this morning, I think that the easy concept to have is it's for dinnertime cuisine, but would you do programs with people about breakfast cuisine or lunch cuisine? Sure, sure. Any any kind of cuisine counts, anything. Like, I, I like the fact that in this area, you know, I can get pork pie at that breakfast place. And I can get, if I go to Blondie's, I mean, I've gone in there and I've picked different things off the menu and they'll make it. And that is amazing that they can do stuff like that. That's, I think that's awesome. Uh, there's there we have a lot of ethnic-y kind of foods in this area, and I, I really like that part of things. So anything goes, basically. And is your goal also, you talk breakfast places, everybody serves omelets and the like, but is your goal to maybe go beyond that and find some unique menu item that isn't available everywhere that you can spotlight on that particular business? Yeah, I really, I do like to look at unique things, too. And at the same time, I think it's important to try things that are just like the staples because if you can't do the, you know, a simple omelet right or fry an egg right, it's it's not a nice dining experience, you know. My intention is not to be critical either. I just I just want to put that out there too. You know, I'm not 
showing up to people, you know, and wanting to criticize them. And because of the, say, four and a half years of writing for the Chronicle, I kind of have it made in the shade because I've already connected with all of these restaurants in the area. I've eaten at their table. So um, it's it's going to be just a segue into a new chapter. Speaking of new chapters, two and a half years ago, a lot of people got exposed to something that they probably hadn't thought about much before, and that's outside dining. In fact, I try to do that myself now, too. That might be tougher as the weather gets cooler and the like. But in this program, would you also be talking about that? This particular place does do outside dining, like Blondie's is one good example, for example. If if you want to go there and eat, you can eat outside if you want. But the other part of this equation is that, yeah, I focused on doing that. I still do. But one thing it pointed out to me, I like outside dining. And I probably, if the pandemic went away today— I would probably keep doing it because I like it. And I'm just saying that's part of the dining experience, whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And I would think that might be something that would be worthy of mention on your program, Ravings and Cravings. Yeah, definitely. You know, I've I've been to Europe and when it was chilly out and, you know, they just move the big heaters outside and they're wearing their winter coats and they're eating and they're having a great time. I, I would love to see more of that in the area. I think it's really enjoyable to be outside. I also... I also am looking for like for content for November, December for events that will feature food. So, you know, with the holidays and stuff like that, a lot of clubs, a lot of organizations have events that feature certain kinds of food. I know St. George's Armenian Church is doing a big food festival. They're out in like the Newington area, but, you know, special events that focus around food and of course, you know, food trucks, that's kind of like all the craze now, isn't it? Ruth, it seems like you got your game plan worked out for the next couple of months or so, but if there is someone who would like to be on your show, someone who you'd like to feature on Ravings and Cravings, how do they do it? Can they contact you? Yeah, they can do that. I'm I'm going to give people my phone number. It's 860-208-8783. You can also go to my Facebook page, which is Ravings and Cravings, and you can send me a message there. Or you can email me at R-U-T-H-H-A-L-U-M-B-A-U-G-H at gmail.com. You can send me any suggestions you want there. So do you have dreams for the future of this show? Well, I do like live radio. And if I can pull something like that off schedule-wise with my own self-employment and interests in radio, I would... I would really like to do that. And maybe syndication? What do you think? Can I just go big or go home? Uh, Go big. I have no idea how to syndicate those, so you're barking up the wrong tree with that one there. Will this program be airing anyplace else besides 14 WILI and 95.3 FM? Yeah, I had to get that number right. Yeah, it's going to be, we're working on the logistics of making the program accessible on charters so people can hear the audio of all the interviews on the local cable station. Just give me one or two examples of some of those programs you've got lined up for the next couple of Mondays at 5.05. Sure. So, like I said, Monday is the Liberia Tropical on Main Street. I also have the Little Lunch Lady at the Wyndham Senior Center. I have uh, the Maine Moose is coming in a couple of weeks, and they're doing some things before they close for the season that include that will give them the opportunity to extend their season. Uh, I've also interviewed the owner of Edible Arrangements, 
as well as J's. And some of these I've done on site at their business. And some of them have just come to my dining room table and sat down and done the interview here at my home. So I, I will travel wherever. But those are a few examples of some of the upcoming shows. It's fun radio starting this past Monday and continuing every Monday at 5.05 on ILI with the program called Ravings and Cravings. And the hostess is Ruth Hartunian-Ellenbaugh. I don't have all that other information she gave contact-wise, but I did write the phone number down if you wanted to give her a suggestion about a particular show in the future. 860-208-8783. Ruth, welcome aboard. Looking forward to your Monday programs. Thanks, Wayne. Thank, thank you very much. Ruth Hartunian Ellenball, our guest on 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.